0: You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 40 of Heart and Soul Podcast. A special, special person is
1: back. (laughs) Yay. It feels weird. Chelsea's back. I'm excited to be back. She's packing heat, too. She has a actual human attached to her right now. Yes, Silas is on me. So just forewarning you guys, he might make some noise at some point. And if there's some screaming, I'll apologize in advance. Or we might need to like clip that out. (laughs) But for now, now he's peacefully sleeping in uh, my boba wrap on me. So let's hope he stays like this. The last time I was on, we did this. And he just nursed the whole time when I did the birth story podcast, but now that he's a little bigger, it's not that easy to just like, you know, calm he him down. He is big. Yeah. Much bigger. I, I hadn't remember. really put him in this probably since that time period, like a month ago. And now it's like, Holy crap. I can't just like shove him in there. I have to like be very strategic about his arms and his legs and figure out how to get him in here. Cause he's so much bigger.
0: Now that you're, now that you're a new mom, we need to see if any of these like baby brands will sponsor us. <laughs> it's a
1: good point. I mean, maybe. So well, I have a feeling well, we're going to be talking about a lot of them. <laughs> I would say, well, it might not be about me though. It's about our listeners, but I do know we have a lot of mom listeners. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that a lot of them have like DM'd you since yeah.
0: you had Silas.
1: Yeah. Lots of moms have reached out for sure. It's been really, uh, what's the word, like healing to just talk to a lot of different moms about their experiences, especially when we went through what we went through. So I really appreciate that. And that's why I, you know, continue to post as much as I do on Instagram. And sometimes I feel like, oh, are people tired of like hearing about my daily life and my baby and like struggles of momhood, but then I'm like, it's so healing for me probably and for them to connect and just like not feel alone and feeling all the things <laughs> throughout this whole thing. So,
0: right. It's making it, um, it's also bringing realness to motherhood. Like it's not just some tiny yeah. bow. It, mm-hmm. Once you have a baby, there's a lot of loose ends. So right. probably-
1: Instagram can make it look that way,
0: yeah, Instagram tends to be a highlight reel. So for you to keep it real is probably refreshing for a lot of moms out there,
1: yeah, and I will say, I mean, I've fallen victim to the comparison because, you know, Silas is a little angel. He's like the sweetest baby, but he's not an easy baby, like at all. Like from the day he was born, he was just active. like he like I told you, he like picked his head up and looked at me right after he was born. And I was like, Oh God, like we're <laughs> in for it. Cause he's just so alert. And like, he's just not one of those babies you see on Instagram. That's like wrapped up in a blanket, just like stoically laying around and being all cozy. Like he was never like that. It was like, he's always wanted to be held. Always wanted to be kept busy. Won't swaddle. If you if you swaddle him, he breaks his arms out because he wants his arms up. <laughs> he's just not, your average baby and that's right. fine but I was like oh my gosh like what am I doing wrong like why can't I get him to settle in a swaddle or like put him down or sleep not on me at night or I don't know like you just feel like why, why am I the only one that's dealing with this type of situation right. even though obviously I'm not and that's been made very apparent to me especially with all the sweet people that have reached out, but that's how you feel. And it's just one other way you can compare on social media. So, right.
0: And the thing is like, like you said, like you're not alone. Cause I mean, the thing is those moms are probably going through the exact same thing and just not showing it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it'd be easy if you didn't look at your stories for people to follow you and think the same thing. Cause he looks literally perfect in all your perfect photos. (laughs) On, on my grid yeah
1: yeah exactly I'm, I'm still not like posting you know the videos of him screaming or anything like that because no one really wants to, to see that it breaks my heart just to see another yeah. crying baby so we're not going to get on like that level of real but I am going to talk about it and yeah you know be real with the fact that it's been a real like the hardest thing I've ever done Yeah. Um the best thing I've ever done, but definitely, you know, there's days like yesterday where I feel like I'm gonna lose my mind mm-hmm. and like sob. And then other days are great and I feel like, hey, I can do this. Like, this is, we're finally getting in the swing things. And he's like, you know, falling into a routine and being a little more independent. And then the next day, it all just falls apart or one thing that used to work doesn't work anymore. And Every day is just like trial and error.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Um, that's kind of what this episode is for, is just to catch up. So catch us up. Like,
1: how have you been? (laughs) Good. So I would say the last few weeks have been really, like, in general, good, I would say, because after I was, like, recovering, I say that with quotes, cause it's like still a, a long journey, um, from the surgery and everything that I had, I had, we had my parents here to help after that. And then Jordan's mom came and then my parents came back. So we had like two full weeks of family here, which was amazing. And like, we really needed that because I just didn't have it in me to be all there and take care of myself and the baby. Um, but it was kind of like, all right, it's only been a couple weeks since he was born. And now another two weeks that we've had this health and family here, and we didn't feel like we had started to step into any sort of normalcy or routine. So it felt like we were doing that with a newborn, like a month ago, if that makes sense. We were kind of starting all over again, um, after all of that. And so, that's been good. Just like me and Jordan working together as a team and trying to find some sense of normalcy. And, um,
0: what is, um, what has having a baby taught you about a marriage or how has it like strengthened or changed your marriage with Jordan?
1: I mean, I think it's continue. It'll continue to strengthen it in a lot of ways because it's so challenging, but I think, it also oh man there's so much to to dig on to dig up on this but I would say if you already have like a really strong foundation it will only nourish and like strengthen your relationship more but if you don't communicate and like express how you're feeling and when you're struggling then it's not gonna be the the healthiest thing for either one of you so um, we've just had to really be mindful of checking in and like Having a plan and and just you know making a proactive plan for the day so that we can kind of stay on top of things and not like get after each other or take our stress and frustration out on each other, which we really haven't. Um, but there's definitely been times where he's really stressed or I'm really stressed or I'm stressed because he's stressed or vice versa, and then it's like this whole big vicious cycle so we like one of the little things we did was I got like a big magnetic calendar on Amazon and put it on our fridge and so it'll be like okay Jordan has a meeting from this time to this time on this day so I know like baby's on me for that part and then um, I put like when I have my sessions and weddings and all that so that we can be there for each other and yeah, that's been,
0: I'm it's sure like, it's going to be a big, like, juggling, I don't know, for the rest of your life, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he is going back to work soon, so that is exciting and also very scary for me. Because luckily he'll still be home, but it's not like he'll just have the full day like he's had. Um mm-hmm to help me when I need it. So hopefully by then we can at least fall into a little bit more of a set routine so that we know like, okay, in the mornings you're going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, you have to figure out time to like eat and shower. Yeah. It's down to that. That's so intense. Detail. So, um, what we had been doing for a while is like, I would, at least while I was still breastfeeding, especially, which that's a whole other can of worms. Um, I'm not anymore, and I'm still kind of struggling emotionally with it, but it's all good, and I know it's what was best, but um, like night feedings, I would just kind of have him through the night, and then whenever he woke up for his last feed, maybe like five, six, seven in the morning, I'd bring him downstairs, or Jordan would come up and get him. He would feed him a bottle, and I would go back upstairs and sleep for another like two or three hours, and that would be my time to just rest and we kind of like took shifts um but yeah it's amazing what your body will adjust to like last night he slept six hours and that's literally the longest he's ever slept and I felt like when I woke up I felt like I slept an entire night maybe even like days worth of sleep and I I was like oh my gosh like it took me a while to even fall back to sleep at that point because I'm so used to now waking up every hour and a half, two hours, three hours, It's pretty much standard three hours is the most we'll get at a time.
0: Wow. I have a feeling that's going to be the hardest part for me because when I don't sleep well, like last week, I don't think I told you this, but I didn't sleep well for like two days straight because I have, I'm like <laughs> slowly detoxing from anything not natural for like helping me sleep. So like I used to take like Tylenol PM for sleep aid or um, Mm -hmm. a NyQuil every now and then. And now I'm taking nothing. I was taking, she put me on like melatonin. The doctor put me on melatonin, but it doesn't really work for me. And it kind of does the reverse thing. So I was like, meh. And then this other uh, sleeping stuff, or it's not for sleep, it's for anxiety. But I kind of stopped taking that too because I realized it was kind of making me more anxious. But anyways... I didn't sleep for like two days and I was coaching someone and it was like noon after the second day and I had to run out of the room and I just started throwing up. Like I was like, so, like my body was like physically exhausted from like, I don't know, just moving all day and not resting that I was like, so I know that that's going to be, and I'm just like a really terrible person on no sleep. So I know it's going to be like the hardest part one day.
1: That is like the biggest struggle, especially when you're dealing with, you know, fussy baby, like we've been, and you're also dealing with the sleep deprivation and just like trying to figure it all out. And, you know, sometimes you snap and like take it out on each other or like say something you don't mean because you're just For like sure. on by a thread. <laughs> so we, we always try to like you know, make note of, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for yeah. this or I'm sorry for that. And, um, we haven't really like fought or snapped at each other much, but it's just been like, Hey, I'm so sorry that you're so stressed. Here's how I'm feeling. Or like, I'll just be coming undone one day and he'll be like, I'm sorry if I haven't helped you more or like, how can I make this better? And mm, that's um, good. it's been good. I feel very supported. And, um, Loved and cared for, and even though it's been a struggle, <laughs> I feel like I cry at least not once a day, but I would say once every like few days. You just have a good old good cry fest meltdown, yeah. That, that was- with like the sleep deprivation and the hormones, I think you're just kind of like, gonna cry. yeah, That's the way it is how has it been the last
0: like two weeks getting back into working more and that adjusting that and
1: motherhood at the same time? That was really stressful. Um, I thought coming into it, I knew it was going to be hard, but I was like, Oh, like eventually once, you know, baby's a little bit older and he's like napping or in a routine, I'll just like work when he naps. It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you every time the baby goes down it's like this decision process of okay do i shower do i eat a meal do i finish laundry should i cook something for dinner maybe get a little bit of work done like you're just constantly figuring out like okay what can i use this time for and then you also don't know how much time you have he can nap for 20 minutes he can nap for an hour maybe two right. hours. Um, you could like get in the
0: groove of a project and then have to quit or.
1: Exactly. So you just have to stop. Yeah. So that has been exhausting, but like now I'm kind of just used to it and I'm like, all right, I- I've learned like what to prioritize when kind of thing. Like, all right, first is my health. So if I haven't eaten, that needs to be first. Nothing comes before that. Um, I will say like, all right, maybe like one day a week or two days a week, worry about laundry or worry about cleaning or whatever it might be. And then if I have anything urgent with like emails that I have to get back to or, um, weddings I've been editing, I'll be like, I'll give myself a deadline and say, all right, well, I at least want to get X amount of editing done today, like an hour, whether that's broken up into. 20-minute increments or if I can have him nap through the whole thing. So Mm -hmm. that's been um, a struggle as well. But I think I'm actually going to start getting, like, a little bit of help, too, just with, like, outsourcing some tasks and everything just so that I can get my life back a little and not just stress over it. So um, there's that. And then also I'm done booking weddings. So that. I'm only taking them for 2022. So at this point I'm like, all right, at least I don't have to be on a ton of consult calls or anything like that. Um, That's exciting that you got all 2021 already booked. It's crazy. Yeah, it's good. And also not really what I was planning. <laughs> I w- thought going into 2021, like this past year when I thought I was pregnant, I was like, okay, think I only want to take like 12 to 15 weddings in next year and then really focus on like other portraits and my education and like the workshop and all that stuff but then covid happened and mm-hmm. eight excuse me eight of my weddings got moved to next year so that's a lot of income that I'm not getting because those are days taken that I can't take any new brides that I've already had to turn down a lot of new brides for. So I decided to accept, I think up to, I think I have 19 or 20. Now it's going to be my absolute cap. Um, just because I like to be able to give my couples that I do have my all and deliver things back very timely and just give them a really good experience be all in for their wedding day and then obviously like have a life to myself and like be there for my baby and my family now. So where are you going? Um, he's like stretching his head back and <laughs> getting all snug in here. Um, so yeah, I was a little bummed that like I kind of had to do take on more than I really wanted to. Not that I'm not excited about every single wedding I am, but I was kind of hoping I could pull back just a hair, um, next season, but you know, I'm just doing what I have to do in order to make ends meet due to everything that went on this year. And I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat. So it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, I feel bad. I'm like all the 2021 couples that are getting engaged now that want to get married next year. I'm like, sorry, I'm I'm done and also reach out immediately to your vendors because everyone's in the same boat wedding industry wise yeah because they had to push everything around Mm -hmm. do you have your first wedding this weekend thursday so tomorrow Uh... yeah so we're going to raleigh wednesday um i have the wedding thursday we'll probably stay and, and hang out with family and then i have one here on sunday so i'm going back full force And luckily, both of these first two um, are like earlier weddings. So there's still like six and eight hour days, I think. But um, I get, oops, I get to get home at like seven or eight at night instead of the normal like 10 or 11. So when it comes to our little routine with him and getting some sleep, that's going to be really helpful, at least for the first couple. And then the next- yeah, and you can kind of get used
0: to, or like figure out how it's going to go this like first weekend and then kind of pick up and get a little routine
1: going from there. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm like so excited to get back to work because I know it's going to make me feel just so much more normal and like getting into my groove. I'll be so fine and I'm not worried because I know like once I get, once I get to a wedding day, it's so fast paced and you're so busy that you literally don't have time to think about anything else. So Mm -hmm. of course I'll be thinking about Silas, but I don't, I won't be like consumed by leaving him. Like I might've been for like just going back to a regular nine to five job or something. Yeah. Um, because it is such a fast paced day, but it does make me a little anxious. Like I just hope he behaves for Jordan And my mom was going to help on Thursday, too. But I'm like, I just know how exhausting it'll be to do a whole day if he's not cooperating. Yeah. yeah, I'll be more, like, stressed for him than, like, for his sake, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I know the baby's going to be fine. I just worry about whoever's taking care of him if, you know.
0: Yeah. I guess you'll find out and it'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll get a little taste of what you get every day, you
1: know? Yeah, I know. And Jordan does help me throughout the day, but we like work together. So I told him, or I think my mom said, you know, if Sunday, if Thursday doesn't go like super great and he wants help for Sunday's wedding. So he's not alone. She'll, she offered to come help him. So mm-hmm. we'll see how, how Thursdays goes. And Hopefully, fingers crossed. it'll go smoothly. And uh, from how how much better today is versus the last few days, I think we're well, on the up
0: and up, yeah. We are on the up and up, right, Silas? Yes, all right, well, let's take a quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors. And then after that, I have a couple questions for Chelsea. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break from our episode to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors and that is Ritual. If you've been listening to our show for a while, know then you know that we wholeheartedly believe in whole body wellness, which is why we love Ritual. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies, and that's why Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. They've obsessively researched each nutrient in this women's multivitamin, and they've tested their formula. Science-backed isn't just a buzzword for them. It is the standard. I recently went to the doctor on um, actually last week and it was kind of a functional medicine appointment to kind of figure out where I'm lacking in nutrients and um, what foods I need to kind of stay away from for allergy reasons and what vitamins I need to introduce. And when I told them I was using ritual, they were like, you're on point. Um, Basically, our bodies are lacking a lot of the nutrients that we should be getting from food. um, And so vitamins are so good to reinforce those nutrients into our bodies and make sure that we're getting the sustenance that we need, which is why I love ritual. They make up for what I lack in getting from food and Um, just daily nutrients that we don't realize we're not absorbing. So for obsessive label readers, Ritual uses vegan certified, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients. And their sources are out there for the whole world to see because they believe that you deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why. It's designed to be gentle on an empty stomach, which I really appreciate because I get super nauseous. I don't know about y'all, but I get super nauseous when I take vitamins, without eating, Um, and so it's good to know that this will not affect that, that it's really easy on my stomach, and also, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but they smell so good, which is so random, I feel like a lot of vitamins don't smell great, but these have this like minty fresh smell, and it is amazing when you put it into your mouth, Um, so yeah, their mint essence tab is in every bottle, which makes taking your vitamin a minty fresh experience, which I love. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out, satisfaction guaranteed. All you have to do is go to ritual.com backslash soul to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com backslash soul. One more time, all you have to do to get 10% off your first three months is go to ritual.com backslash soul. Okay, now back to the show. All right, we're back. Um, Okay, my first question for you, or actually probably my 10th at this point, is (laughs) what has motherhood taught you about or like what perspective has it given you about a woman's body now that you're two months in? Or just about your own, not just a woman, but like maybe your own body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna get really real here. It has, I've already talked on here about how like miraculous Mm -hmm. the body is and like how to appreciate it through your pregnancy and all that. Um, But I will say, like, I think breastfeeding at the beginning helped immensely with like shrinking my uterus back down and like getting my belly back to normal and everything. And I think just kind of having like a strong core and like healthy foundation pre-pregnancy helped me to like recover quicker and stuff. Granted, if I didn't have like the trauma and surgery, that that's all a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very thankful to like fit back in my clothes really soon and like, like that was never my priority, but I was like, I'm just being very real here that because I was like struggling so much with healing and like dealing with a hard baby and just like all the other struggles of momhood. I was like, if I had one more thing such as like having to go buy a new clothes and just feeling really terrible about my body, I think that would have just like really sent me over the edge. So I was grateful that God was like, okay. I'm going to give you this one thing like so you can feel like yourself again. And I told my mom that you know throughout the healing process like I was I was grateful for that and I've never been one to say like oh you know worry about your size and your weight and all that cuz I really try not to prioritize it at all but I will say that was one thing that I was like just not having to worry about it like we do as women was a blessing to me um and then on the contrary like lately because i've been so stressed and so like worn down from trying to breastfeed and just like wearing myself out after the surgery i'm probably way less than i did pre-pregnancy um and i just don't it's made me again realize hey that smaller number does not mean healthier um and I don't feel – I feel a lot better. My blood's coming back and, like, I have my energy back and everything like that. But, like, health-wise, I feel, like, kind of achy. Like, I I don't have my muscle tone anymore because I haven't really gotten to go work out much. Um, I don't really get to fuel my body much. Whatever I was getting before was, like, literally getting sucked out of me with breastfeeding. And so – I just feel like I kind of started to deteriorate a little bit. And, you know, I get, like, those compliments. Oh, you look amazing. Like, you don't even look like you had a baby at all. And that I know that's, like, well intended. But in this instance, I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm stressed, I don't have time to feed myself. I don't have time to work out. I'm, like, wilting away. <laughs> so that's not necessarily... A, a good thing, like right. it kind of was at the beginning for me to feel like confident again, but then it turned into quickly like ooh, now I'm not being nourished and I'm not feeling real real healthy. So I'm trying to. Have
0: you thought of any dirty. way that you can like bring nourishment back into your routine? I know it's like easier said than done, right? Like I know that your time is warped, but like, is there any way to like? plan out meals or eat more do like more bars throughout the day or something like
1: yeah I've been trying to do that and like I mean I went grocery shopping for the first time last week literally since he was born because up until this point like we'd had people coming and bringing us stuff and like the meal train going on and or we would just like get uber eats or whatever Mm -hmm. um so finally like okay I'm gonna start grocery shopping again and I, I might not necessarily have time to cook like full-on meals but I try to make sure I like intentionally buy things that are easy to quickly grab like I have a jar of bars out on the counter that I can grab and like bring one up and of the night if I get hungry during those like 3am feedings and um I've bought a lot of dinners that are easy to just pop into the oven and things like that so that's been step one and I've been trying to get to the studio for a, a class at least once a week, um, and then Jordan and I walk every day. So we're getting there, mm-hmm. but it's just a slow, a slow process. And that was actually one of the reasons I finally made the decision to stop breastfeeding because supply was such an issue for me, and it was like this vicious cycle of him not him nursing not quite getting enough still being hungry and he might have nursed for like 20 minutes per side at that point so then it's like 40 to 50 minutes have gone by he's still hungry so i need to give him a bottle and then he gets like overtired because he's been feeding for so long and then he would get cranky and then he'd want to nurse again for comfort and it was just like this never ending thing that like I never got a second to rest and my body was just kind of like running on all cylinders and what's like what's the word like burning from both ends type of thing. Um and they say you know you're supposed to eat like I don't know however many calories more a day if you're breastfeeding. And I'm like, yo, I don't even eat three meals a day. Never mind extra 500 calories that you need or whatever whatever that number is so I just felt myself like okay this is not this is not good for any of us because he's not being fed I'm melting away and also just like emotionally and mentally like have no space for anything else at this point um so I finally was like let me just like why am I hanging on to this you know like as a mom you just want to do everything you can and like that's the quote-unquote recommended thing to do I mean even the freaking formula canister says breast milk is recommended and it just makes you feel like absolute crap you know because you just feel like your body is failing you um which in my instance it's very apparent that like, because I had that retained placenta, my body thought I was pregnant for however long. It didn't make the supply that I should have had. Who knows if it would have done that if I had the placenta retained or not, like chances are I still could have had issues. I don't know, but that's probably likely what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I just was like resent, resentful of that happening and wanting to just like push through and make it work anyway. Um, and just like, I I think I wanted it more than anyone was pressuring me to. And it's just kind of like you, I'm just like mourning that season of him now, like, like putting my breastfeeding pillow away and like slowly pumping less and less until my milk dries up. And like, Not being able to comfort him was just sticking him on the boob anymore. Like it's just kind of been hard to totally let go. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am, and I'm trying not to make myself feel guilty for it by any means. Um, Because I said the way that I finally made the decision was because I went back and forth with it for like weeks and ultimately just kept pushing through. Um, Eventually I was like, let me just see if, for a full day, I don't nurse him. And I just give him bottles and I'll just pump for the regular feedings if I need to empty. And it was like night and day difference. Like he finally napped, he was like so much happier. I wasn't feeling like a slave to it. It wasn't just like this endless cycle of trying to satisfy him throughout the day. And that's when I realized, okay, I think it's time to call it quits and yeah. just to see how this goes. And hopefully next baby is a totally different experience and I have a super easy breastfeeding experience and it'll be great. And I'm kind of holding on hope for that. But for now, I think it's just what we both. Yeah. Did. So, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of pressures and noise around it and and especially like in this climate you know you want to give them the antibodies through your breast milk and keep them healthy and all that but when it comes down to it this this is like the biggest what's the word like common denominator that's gonna Mm -hmm. like fed is what's gonna make him healthier whether it's this, their breast milk. So,
0: yeah, I think it's actually pretty brave of you to make that decision because I mean, probably everything in you, like you said, wants to, wanted to breastfeed and like have that experience with your child, but knowing what's, knowing what's best and actually going with what's best for your child and for your health is the the bravest thing you can do. Like, you know, as, as much shame as you might have felt around it, like There's no shame in that. You just made the best decision for your body and for your baby's body.
1: And I still get like kind of sad about it. Like throughout the day, if he's fussy, I just, I'm like, Oh, what if I just stick him on again? You know? Like, but then I'm like, no, I, I can't go back. Like I've already made the decision. And I mean, even when we were on the, on the phone with the pediatrician yesterday, she, I was telling her about, you know, now he's on all formula and, um I was still like giving him some pumped breast milk and I was like I decided to call it quits and I started crying on the on the call and I was like oh my god like I didn't feel like I was emotional when I first got on about it and then all of a sudden I started talking about it and I just lost it and Aww. it was like well oh, it's okay like trust me she's like it's okay like he's gonna be fine if he's fed then that's what you gotta do you gotta take care of yourself and I was like yeah I know but I just like holy crap I didn't hate I didn't even feel that one coming on. It just, it just yeah. happened. So, yeah. But I think, I think we're on the, on the up and up, like you said, with all these little changes and like epiphanies and.
0: Yeah. And it's probably just going to be, continue to be a learning curve every day for the next forever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael and I – well, I'm rewatching, but Michael's watching for the first time Parenthood. And, like, so even bad. just watching that show and thinking, like, all these little decisions that come up amongst Parenthood throughout every year of a child's life is, like, I have so much more respect and, like, admiration for my parents now. <laughs> yes. I know.
1: Yeah. From the minute you get pregnant to – Forever, you just never stop worrying. Mm-hmm. It's just there. You think like, oh, well, I'll be less worried once once he's here, and then it's like, oh, I'll be less worried once he's a little bigger, and then it's just snowball.
0: Yeah.
1: And they grow into something new for you to worry about.
0: <laughs> Always something to worry about.
1: Yep. saying uh, like, I hope he plays baseball instead of football, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing you already start worrying oh
0: yeah we've already got uh, all of our children's lives planned out and they're not even on this earth yet so
1: yeah yeah
0: talk about expectations and those being smushed or
1: changed <laughs> yeah, right. but i am excited to see like that's another conflicting emotion with momhood that i've learned is like it's really crazy how you feel one emotion and you also feel the exact opposite mm. at the same time 24/7 so like as an example i i'm so looking forward to like when he's a little older and he like has a personality and starts like calling our names or reaching for us or like laughing and at the same time i don't want to feel guilty for like wishing away this season mm-hmm. or not remembering him this small and rushing it and you know it's like a never-ending mix of conflicting confliction and both are true right like
0: what we talked about last week with Liz and Catherine the yes and like two contradicting okay. truths yeah. at the same time like yeah I want him here as a baby as long as possible and I also want him to <laughs> grow up <laughs> yeah and, and be a little
1: here and yeah it's it's pretty wild you don't really know that you're capable of such polarizing feelings mm-hmm. Other here. And you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. It. You know, I get what my mom always talked about. <laughs>
0: right. I feel like the older I get, the more I understand my mom. And I feel bad for all the mm-hmm. crap I gave her for so many years. Sorry, yeah.
1: mom. <laughs> Love, you. <laughs> Love you, mom. <laughs> I know. Um, what's been going on with you? I see that you have a new coach at Seoul and things look like they're going really well.
0: Yeah, Seoul is, is going great. We're, we have 15 to 16 classes a week now. So we're just pumping them out. And, um, Ashley is coaching for me two nights a week on Monday and Wednesday at the 5 p.m. class. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's so crazy having a night back. I like even just like having dinner with Michael, like at a dinner table, was that's like huge. I yeah, mean,
1: huge. worked your butt off every single day of the week for however long,
0: right? And um, that's been great. She's doing awesome, and then I have been going through um, like a bunch of doctor's appointments. I had like a functional doctor appointment about like my gut issues that I've had really my whole life. And that was good. And also hard. Like I just have to give up a lot of stuff and also add a lot of stuff that's like different from my last 31 years of life. So trying to create a new routine, um, nutritionally, which is so hard and had to follow yeah. up with, I had an ultrasound last week and everything is cleared out now, um, which I feel like is just the longest process ever, This second miscarriage. Um, but everything is back to normal. And I now, like my next step is to go to like genetic um, testing doctor. So like, like almost like an infertility specialist, but not for like IVF, but um, it's not like your typical OB situation.
1: Right just kind of like troubleshooting.
0: Yeah. 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 There's some things that I learned too like that I didn't know or didn't think to ask or wasn't told and I'm kind of frustrated with doctors too like you just mentioned earlier but like if I would have gotten a DNC um then like they could have taken the essentially like all the the placenta, the fetus itself, like all the blood in there and tested it for genetic testing at that point and I didn't know that till after I chose to do it naturally and then with the CytoTech. So now looking back, it's like, wow, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> I wish I would have known because then right. I can at least have an answer to like, if there's anything wrong genetically and I could know before trying again, but right. Whatever. Um, well, will they just like test your blood now? Yeah. I, I, last week got like six bottles of blood drawn. I'm not good with needles, but. Oh, prick the crap out of me. Um so they're testing all of like my blood work, but there's like some there's some other testings that that they can do, like specific genetic testings that they won't do at the OB unless you've had a third miscarriage. And like I even like pushed and prodded this last time, like I'll pay whatever, but they were kind of basically like you have two options. You can either go to an infertility specialist or you can get pregnant again like basically take a risk and come here at your eight week appointment and following that eight week appointment, which you still have to wait for. And that's where my issues have been is the eight weeks. But following that, like we would send you straight to like a almost like a high risk pregnancy specialist. And I was like, well, I don't really want to like get to that eight week appointment again and then get bad news. Cause that's when I got it every other time. So <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm struggling with that. I like had all those appointments last week and then, I've honestly been, I do this thing to like push away sadness where I just like distract myself with lots of busyness. And I've been so busy lately that I have been fine (laughs) or at least I thought I was. And, um, we went to dinner on Friday night. So the ultrasound was Wednesday and then we went to dinner Friday night with some friends and like at the dinner table, Um, Macy asked me just like a question about how I'm feeling and like, I don't know, it's kind of like what you on the phone with that doctor, I was like weeping at the dinner table in public and I was like, I guess I'm not good. (laughs) Um, so I think that I'm just like going to continue going up and down for probably ever about this. Um, but I, I do think I'm doing like a lot better emotionally. Um, and just, like, physically feeling more like myself. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I'm good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, no need to hide it if you're not. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you can see what happens when you, like, subconsciously are holding all that. Right. I in. didn't even know that
0: I was, like, holding so much in until, like, someone asked me if I was okay. And I think you can go, like, so far, so long. And just like your normal, your normal routine that you don't ask yourself those questions or mm-hmm. get asked those questions. So I think when Macy asked me, it was just like, here comes the flood. <laughs> yeah, um, totally get it. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. And it was good to let that out and have that conversation with her and then um, kind yeah. of know what some next steps are going to be moving forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to at least have a an action plan so you know what to expect, and you don't have to just be like wondering as you're grieving, you know. Yeah,
0: and I think that I probably like if I do get pregnant again and like don't know, it'll just it'll be just as worrisome, even if I did know, kind of thing. Yeah, I just think if I can know everything that I can. I don't know what it will do, but I, it'll do something for my mindset. Um, but all my blood, all my blood work came back normal and like they're, they're just convinced it. And it could be exactly what they're saying. It's just like happenstance and it, it happened to happen to you right back to back. And it's a really crappy time. So yeah.
1: hopefully that's the case, but it's almost more, frustrating if it is, cause it would be nice if you had a way to be like, okay, these are some steps we can take for mm-hmm. success or, you know,
0: even like little things. Like I've been obviously Googling everything and like, and Parker sent me, um, something that I read online that like taking baby aspirin helps with progesterone levels and like all these things that I don't know. And like, if there's little things I can do to, I don't know, maybe increase my chances, I'll do it. I'll pop that baby aspirin daily, you know?
1: Right. So
0: learning that will be good.
1: For sure. Well, I'll be be praying still. Thanks, friend. I know it's not been easy. It's been a rough year for a lot of us. Yeah, for sure. 2021
0: is going to be the year. (laughs) Hopefully. I'm ready. Yeah, it was good to catch up with you, and I'm glad that you're back.
1: Me too. I'm excited to be back.
0: And listeners, feel free to shoot us an email or a direct message on Instagram, um, letting us know any topics that you'd like us to cover for the rest of the year, any interviews you'd like us to try and get, um, any types of specialists
1: that you'd like us to seek out. We would be happy to do so. Can't believe it's October already. We only have a couple more months left of Hello. content in the first place. but. Crazy. I loved the last few episodes, by the way. You did a great job. Thanks. The interviews were great, and I loved the ladies that were on. Yeah, they were dope. They were all
0: pretty cool. Yes. All right. Well, I love you, girl, and we love you, listeners. We'll talk to you Whoa. next